0: I am recording? Yes I am. Same. <coughs> uh Alrighty. In five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Paceline, Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. So, dude, I gotta ask you, are hey. events beginning to show up on the local calendar there? There's more talk of them here, for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there are definitely events uh, cropping up again. I'm signed up for a few things myself. Uh, In fact, I was on a ride with a buddy this morning and he's like, hey, are you doing that 24 hour mountain bike race with me in August Uh, still? And I was like, yeah, yes, I am. And he said, good, it's just the two of us on a four man team. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, you better recruit some humans.
0: (laughs) But robots don't feel pain.
1: No, but this one gets sleepy.
0: (laughs) Sleepy. How how does a robot get sleepy?
1: You know, um, I feel like week after week we talk about how much coffee I drink. Um, (laughs) It doesn't I don't know. Maybe, Maybe the thing is that I either died a few years ago and no one told me or I was never really alive. And I just need to be shut down occasionally. I don't really know. But uh, but I do know, having done a few 24-hour things, that I am not your best teammate at 2 a.m.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about it, and I think the last time I did anything for 24 hours, I was in a recording studio.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good at that either. <laughs> I, it's, I'm not the best guitar player at 2 a.m., I mean, it, I'm not the best guitar player at any hour of the day. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah. So so what's going on with you? Did you go down for a ride this morning?
0: Uh, I'll do mine this afternoon. Uh, oh, I, I kind of right. jumped into work right away uh, as soon as I had the boys off at day camp. Uh, yeah. And they are psyched to get up in the morning and go off to day camp. And I can't blame them. When I was that size, day camp was... Uh, you know, uh, eight or nine hours of awesome, right? Yeah. There's a
1: Metallica record about that. It's called Ride the Lightning. <laughs> it's really good.
0: Uh, see, I was totally mistaken on what that was about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I... Um,
1: no, it's a concept album about going to day camp <laughs> for nine hours. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, now I'm gonna have to give it a re-listen.
1: Uh, yeah, listen again. The lyrics—they seem real dark the first time. They're not really. <laughs> most of that. Most of that record is about learning to swim in the deep end. <laughs> Sharks and minnows and whatnot.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> You're killing me, man. Uh, uh, well, I mean it's I a really I'm, good record too. <laughs> I know what I'm listening when I listening to when I roll into Anadell this afternoon. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh maybe I'll want to get my macrame on after that. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the kids still macrame, but yeah. Uh they they do something. I don't really understand do what something. it is. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh All right. Well, how about we jump into your pool? Um, sure. Yeah. So
1: <clears throat> on Wednesdays lately, I've been meeting up with some friends to gramble. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you missed the piece on the website, I'll just explain that grambling is gravel rambling. It's the kinder, gentler version of grammaring, which is gravel hammering.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah.
1: So anyway, we meet in front of this one guy's house, and from week to week, the ch- the cast changes a little bit. It's mostly guys who live you know nearby. Um, there turns out to be uh, within like 200 yards of my house, there turn out to be five or six other uh, people who want to ride bikes all the time. So that's cool.: That's amazing. Um, it is It's pretty amazing. Um, and it makes the times when we road trip to ride much easier because mm, mm, mm-hmm. we can just literally go, you know, it's it's one stop shopping. <laughs> um, and the thing with this ride is pretty much everyone is invited, but we leave at 630 and we do two to three hours of grambling. And that selects out a lot of people who feel attached to the idea of getting to work on time. Mm. So mm. so we have any on any given day, we have between four and seven riders, I would say. And uh, grambling and getting to work are not. Uh, compatible. You can't grumble. You can't be rambling <laughs> around aimlessly as we do and also have a hard stop. But anyway, so we went out this morning and the weather was Perfect. And the trails were tacky and everyone was in a, a pretty good mood. And it was just it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And it reminded me of this super short video I saw of T- Tyler, the creator, who is a rapper. And he's big into bikes, um, but someone in this little video snippet asked him if he had any advice for people who looked up to him. And he said, yeah get a bunch of bikes and ride them around with your friends. It's the shit. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a loner. I, I often prefer to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times I find people, even ones I like a lot to be kind of more complicated than I want to deal with Mm. at any given time. It's me. It's not them. It's me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but having said that, Riding around, riding bikes around with your friends with no agenda, like no fixed route and no real interest in getting home. That is the shit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It really is. I wrote something uh, about this a little while ago and a longtime reader of ours, Tom in Albany. And I don't know if Tom listens to the podcast, but if you're out there, shout out to you, Tom. He said something like, damn, I need to get a crew together. And I was like, yeah, you really do. Like, I'm a loner and I'm yet I am still intensely grateful for, you know, the people who uh, I get to uh, ride bikes with. I'm going to be I'm going to be 50 this year. Um, but, you know, whatever I discovered when I was seven or eight years old about, you know, the the like unmitigated joy of riding bikes around with my friends is still real. It still works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's remarkable how the luster on the appeal of that has not dulled one whit. And so I'm, uh, yeah, for 50 odd years for me, yeah, you know, or, or close to 50 years. Yeah, I this also reminds me there's going to be a
1: post. Uh, there's going to be a video up on the site tomorrow of some young women um, shredding.
0: Yes, together. Yes.
1: And this video captures perfectly what's great about riding bikes. <clears throat> um, yeah. I'm not usually one for previewing posts, but. If you're yeah. listening now, check that out on uh, Thursday, Thursday, that'll be up. Yeah. I. You know, the thing is, I, sometimes I lose sight of what I'm doing out there on the bike. Like I get ideas. Pretensions.
0: <laughs> those are two different things.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but I get well, both Well, the Venn of them. diagram
1: might overlap a little bit. They might, yeah. Really, all I want to do is ramble around with friends or even by myself. I don't, I, that's fine. I don't even, th- I don't think of it as exercise or training or whatever. Those, those seem like adult constructs designed to suck the joy out of riding bikes. And that's not to say I've never done them. I very <laughs> certainly have. Mm. I've spent a lot of time on them probably even. I'm just saying that if you're out there looking for that first love experience again, like you felt when you were a kid, get your friends together, people you feel really comfortable with, and go ride nowhere with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just like get off a schedule, uh, get off the hammer, and just ramble around. It's the shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Uh, I've got a friend uh, Alan, who we met in the early two thousands when I was busy trying to launch, uh, the magazine asphalt and I was selling every piece of bike gear that I was willing to part with. Uh, and one of those items was a really cool touring bike. Um, Mm. he bought it and then we promptly didn't see each other again for like six years or something, seven years. Mm. And then we bumped into each other somewhere and he remembered me. And that gradually turned into a friendship. that uh, had a very interesting turn. I left the LA area, moved to Sonoma County. And, uh, right before I left, he said, you know, my wife wants to move up there. And I was like, well, you should do it. Now, Alan has only lived in New York and LA. Mm. So 90 days after my move, he was like, you still like it? And another 90 days after that, you still like it? And I'm like, are you crazy? Get your butt up here. Yeah. So Alan and I are reasonably regular riding buddies. Um, and the neat thing is when I get together with him, uh, he might have some idea for a route, but he knows the uh, social trails in Annadel better than I do and can link them up in more creative ways than I can. And so anytime we go for a ride, I just tell him to point the way. Uh, yeah. I I arrive with zero agenda. Uh, I know that I'm not gonna outclimb him like I used to, <laughs> and uh I generally speaking, I'm not really even gonna out descend him. Um, but it's just terrific fun that that opportunity to just show up and know all I got to do is have fun and maybe sweat my eyes out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it really is neat. Yeah. I, I like the experience of showing up and not having an agenda other than we're just going to ride. Yeah. I mean, we, we,
1: we have like a mill, like we've all ridden all these trails a million times. And then actually this morning we were, we were, uh, we had just left, And one of the guys said, oh, oh, I got a I got a I discovered a new cut through a new cut through. And we turned down these people's driveway. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like a. a, we have these triple deckers here, these three story houses that are three apartments stacked on top of each other. So it's one of those. So we turn in and I'm like, "Okay, now we're just in these people's backyard. And he slips kind of like into the back corner and there's like. It's probably like a 15 foot dirt chute that goes down into the back of a gym parking lot that then hooks up to the trail. And it was the stupidest thing to do. It was it it like it was uh, uh, three nanoseconds of
0: joy. But I thought, yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I totally get that. Uh yeah. you know the 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 wonder of novelty? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: and it's it's also it, a lot of the trails around here um begin and end at middle schools. Really? And yeah, and and I figure that's because uh if you're in middle school around here, you're walking home and you're going to take the shortest path. So if that, that's going to go through whatever woods are on a direct line, but it's also going to go through some backyards and cut across (laughs) parking lots. (laughs) And this is my new theory that you can, you could go anywhere in the country and have a pretty good ride if you just drive to the middle school and saddle up and roll out.
0: You know, I, I can't contest that idea. I mean, first, just, you know, total... Uh I don't know what it's not a non sequitur. I don't know what to call it, but you know, the the one of the final scenes from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's going through mm. all the backyards and through people's homes and whatnot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh but to your point, um, there is a middle school in Bentonville, Arkansas that has in the in the land that sits between the road in front of the middle school and the middle school itself, there's a big stand of trees in there. There's a pump track in there.
1: Yeah, of course there is. I, I mean, there's behind the middle school in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. There's a pump track. Wow. It, we always go through there. If we're going down the hill from my house, we always go through the middle school. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Why weren't middle schools that cool when I was a kid? I don't know. I think they I think they were. Oh, no, it, no, no. I was oh. wearing a white shirt and hat on a navy blue tie. Oh, yeah, I I
1: was, too. I was, too. But
0: we also had
1: trails out of the school, the classic behind the gym. If you went behind the gym, you could do all manner of um, bad, bad, good ideas. But also there were trails that led away then in various directions.
0: Man. Yeah. I was born at the wrong time. Maybe so. Hmm. Maybe the kids just weren't onto it yet. Uh yeah, I I I don't I mean, it seemed like everybody I knew when I was in middle school had a bike and rode it everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know then. Is this hmm. Memphis?
0: Yeah, that was Memphis. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I could tell you Mobile, Alabama. They were there were
0: trails every which direction. Yeah, we we mostly had houses in every which direction except for where there were schools or churches. Well, the good thing about houses,
1: though, in areas like that is that they ha- a lot of them have um, rain culverts behind them. And, you know, in Alabama, for example, you could go a long way just in rain culverts.
0: Hmm. Uh, it was easy to get down into the rain culvert.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're they're like
0: cement. hmm.
1: Yeah. Like a skater's dream
0: yeah see ours were all squared off. they were v shaped oh. at the bottom with with perfectly vertical walls and then chain link fence around them.
1: Oh, that's not cool.
0: well, you know on one of the only occasions I got down in there once I was in there, I was like, you know, this feels like it could be uh hazardous <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, well, I mean that's part of the fun, I think I think if you fence off a rain cover like that. I understand why they do it, but I also feel like that's like putting barbed wire around the playground.
0: I I, if if it had been more sloped like a skater's dream, as you mentioned, uh, I would have felt entirely different. But the fact that it was already hard to get out of before you had the fence, um, it was a a chastening sort of experience for me. Right. Things could end here. You thought. Yeah. Um I didn't have an excellent sense of my own mortality, but I did have a somewhat cultivated sense of my own mortality. There were maybe yeah. some blind spots in there. Right. Yeah. Uh but I persevered or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't I can't say what was on my mind when I was that age, but it was fun. Yeah, just fun. I mean, you know, this group of guys that I ride with now, we do have a motto, which is safety third.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um I I think I think that's a pretty good operating uh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fun first.
1: Yeah. If it's not fun, why bother at all? Why even think about safety if something's not going to be fun?
0: Right. You have to identify the thing that you want to do before you start incorporating safety into it. I mean, come on, priorities, people. Yeah. 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 Safety. Fun first. Yeah. Is it going to look cool?
1: Second. (laughs) Safety third. Yeah. That's totally reasonable.
0: It makes the podium. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, bad outcomes aside, you know, you're, you're doing what you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a little reckless. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm suddenly reminded of an experience I had a few years back. I was at a product introduction for Jiro, uh, and we'd been out in the hinterlands of nowhere between. We were somewhere between San Jose and Santa Cruz uh, and had finally popped out on Highway one, north of Santa Cruz. (laughs) This is, you know, some point on day two. Yeah. And we're riding along and all of a sudden we see this uh, uh, concrete sort of uh, like a mini reservoir sort of thing. But there's Mm -hmm. no water in it. And it's Mm -hmm. been spray painted, you know, to denote that, yes, skaters have been shredding this thing. Yeah. And a couple of us immediately had to ride over and go do some laps on our gravel bikes in the thing. Yeah. Um and uh at one point I got high enough up on a wall that uh one of my tires slid some because, you know, paint on concrete. Yeah. Um I kept it upright. Uh but I I think that, you know, uh I went for it without thinking about the safety and I was on a gravel bike and I was in a place I discovered. Doesn't that I think that pretty well covers all of your points.
1: Yeah, that's the alchemy right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah.
0: I did Hang the on. exact
1: same thing this morning. We were we always go th- under this underpass uh, between these two sections of trail, and it's got like steep banked sides. And they're actually, because this is New England, they're cobbled. It's not, it's not smooth. It's not Are your neighbors smooth. Belgian or something? I don't know what the deal was. At some point, I guess the uh, pretty nice stone was just free. I don't really know how that worked. But so I was like, you know, I one of the guys stopped for something. I was like, I've always wanted to see how high I could ride in that thing. So I, mm. I went to do it and uh you have to like jump the curb to get You know, so Uh you get a running start and you kind of bunny hop and then you head up the side. And I didn't realize from the bottom that actually there's a lot of loose sand going all the way up, like basically between all of the cobbles. It's it's loose, loose sand. sand. so I got up not that far. It probably failed the second test. Does it is it going to look cool? Uh-huh. But but my both wheel, I started to kind of arc it out to head back down. And uh-huh. both of my wheels slid sideways about six inches. Awesome. But, yeah. Uh, but then they caught and I, you know, I didn't lose my face. Uh, but it was it was rad. These are the things you have to do. And if I had fallen, I'd have been like, well.
0: Now I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is definitely a, a, an existential component to cycling. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I ride there. Well, that's the Cartesian, but, um, you know, if you don't ride it, I don't know. I have this real problem uh, with places that I ride regularly. Like the guys kind of make fun of me. We pass a boulder. And even if I'm on my gravel bike, I'm like, how do I get on that? How do I, you know, like (laughs) if I see something that looks like it would be awesome. Even if I probably don't have the skills for it, it kind of bothers me until I give it a shot. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just, yeah, I have a hard time riding away and they'll keep going. Like they're not waiting around for me to figure (laughs) out where the entrance and exit from the (laughs) collarbone disaster is. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) Now, sometimes we'll pass a boulder, and one of them will say something like, "You want that, don't you?" And I was like, "I was like, I do. I really do want that." I couldn't see any exit. This is the other thing about New England: there's often an entrance, but seldom an exit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got I'm some of that around here. My gravel bike, either. Well, yeah. Uh, th- that's a whole separate thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not that cool.
0: I'm far more rad with a flat bar yes, and a dropper post. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. But I dream.
0: <laughs> As we should. Yeah. All righty. We're going to take a little break and be back in just a minute. The Pace Line is brought to you by The Cycling Independent. We are the only online cycling publication that's entirely reader-supported with absolutely no advertiser, sponsor, Or investor commitments influencing our editorial. We don't have a sales team or middle management. It's just the three founders and a collection of talented and committed contributors who independently produce our content. To maintain our commitment to honest, reader focused editorial with the best writers in the business, we need your help. Every dollar that comes in goes directly toward creating the content you see. A subscription is cheap, easy, And it goes a heck of a long way. Just go to cyclingindependent.com, click on Support TCI, and choose your level. Thanks for listening.
1: Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Time for your poll, Patrick.
0: Oh boy. Uh, 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 Confessions time. I've been on something of a diet reform. (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that I think that was the that appropriate punchline. I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I no, I I totally advocate starting with the punchline and then backing into the rest of the joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is it, my then. diet. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I've been cutting back on my wine and beer intake and upping my salad consumption. Hmm. My desire, like most any cyclist, I hope, <laughs> is to lose some of that. COVID mm, insulation <laughs> that I made while not entering long events. The thing is, gone are the days where I was willing to live like a monk in order to get down under 8% body fat. Back when I was still racing Masters events, I would allow myself two maple cream sandwich cookies from Trader Joe's when I got home from my ride or race on Sundays. <laughs> And a glass of wine with dinner on Sunday night. I had to spray inert gas in the wine bottle so that the wine wouldn't go by, go bad by the next weekend.
1: That is that is a level of discipline I frankly can't comprehend. But tell me more.
0: I I struggle to plug into like how did you pull that off? Um, yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I was something like driven. I just can't live like that now, though. Okay, let's be honest. I can't do it. Um, But it's also true that having wine with dinner every night is maybe a little counterproductive. So I'm in that battle of whether I need to create some rules for myself around alcohol and treats or whether I can maybe trust myself to simply eat better. Here's the thing. OK, there are foods that I can have in my kitchen that I will not gorge on uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I can have a pint in the freezer and I can walk over there and take four spoonfuls after dinner and put it away. Hmm. I i can't explain it. It's not willpower. It's just like I can do this. He's a witch. Burn him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I but I don't float. Um Yeah. <laughs> So I, there are other foods though, that I simply cannot trust myself with unless I'm really living by a specific set of rules, but honestly, I'm more of a rule breaker than a rule follower. So, okay. Case in point, Nutella. Okay. Food of the gods, right? (laughs) I can't have that stuff in my kitchen unless I know I'm only allowed one or maybe two spoonsful on certain days and only within the first two hours after I get home from a ride. That last bit is because in the two hours after a hard ride, your body will metabolize just about anything, including a double IPA. Those aforementioned maple cream sandwich cookies from Trader Joe's are. Another. Eating half a dozen of those can happen faster than I can shower. I know this because I once took the box in the bathroom with me. You know, people I, talk it'd about, be a
1: better story if you said, uh, the, once I didn't take the box in the
0: bathroom with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not, I'm not that, uh, flashy and cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and know, safety but third. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm struggling with like, you know, what I do next to try and, and restrain myself. And, you know, l- let me also plead, um. You know, a a a a uh, an abundance of riches. I mean, I live in Sonoma County. We've got some of the very best breweries in the whole world here. We've got some of the very best wine in the whole world here. Mm. And, and like, you know, it's hard to let dinner go by without like drinking something really amazing. <laughs> it's yep. so much more interesting than bubbly water. I mean, I believe you. mean, uh, uh, go on sorry (laughs) well actually you know let me put the question to you do you ever create eating rules for yourself and are there any foods that you just can't risk being in your kitchen now i know you don't do any alcohol so that's not the temptation for you it is for me right but i'm curious about your other weaknesses chips ahoy s'mores Ruffles, I have all the weaknesses. I don't, you know,
1: I don't drink because I can't um, without, you know, bail money set aside anyway. Um, And my friend Neil, who I brought up on this show before, uh, (laughs) once said to me, he said, you know, man, you're skinny and rich because you don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) because a lot of you know uh i you know i see it a lot in my cohort the the middle-aged where um you know even one good beer every night is a whole lot of calories um yeah i won't contest that point yeah a lot of people can't live that down i'm i'm i don't like to talk about uh Weight too much because I am probably metabolically blessed <laughs> gen- genetically. Um, I just come from people who don't aren't heavy. And so it's not that I'm clever or disciplined or, you know, just always crushing it on the bike. I just am not. I'm a very I have a very stable weight I'm 5'10", 160, and that's just kind of what it is. Having said that, I have this sort of personality that will eat anything that it likes forever and always and given any opportunity. So I wouldn't say that I have—my I my, my intentions are never to lose weight. My intentions are always to eat pretty well. and so eating pretty well um because of the type of personality i am requires not having a lot of stuff in the house like if there's ice cream i'm eating it i just am (laughs) if there are potato chips in the house i'm eating and i also have two teenage boys like actually you couldn't keep anything good in my house for more than 10 minutes a lot of times, like I bring the groceries home and I have to tell the kids, get the fuck away from the groceries just back off. And and that's only to give myself a chance to be inappropriate with them. Um, <laughs> I will say this about my rules. This is not a rule, but it's a thing that I had discovered and a thing that I do that helps me make. Better dietary choices. Okay. And that is, I eat around 10.30 or 11, pretty much every day, a thing that I call dry lunch. Okay. So I've eaten, like, this morning, for example, I rode at 6.30. So I got up, I ate, like, a pro bar, and I drank some coffee, and I rolled out the door. Whatever. Whatever. I come home and it's almost 10. It's almost time for dry lunch. And because I've just gotten back from a ride and I will eat anything that you put near me, um, I was like, better start with dry lunch. So dry lunch is. uh, A bunch of ready to eat dry foods that are nominally good for you. So like today's plate, for example, had. Some spicy beef jerky, some peanut butter pretzels, um, some dried mango. I I eat a couple of figs every day. So this is just like a little bit of dried fruit, some protein-y stuff. And I eat, you know, probably a medium-sized plate of that. And it doesn't, it's not like, oh, now I don't have to eat anymore. But it's like, okay, You've eaten some reasonably good for you things that now allow you to eat, to make better choices about lunch. Ah, lunch is my day. You know, because at dinner time, I'm cooking for the family and I want to put some vegetables on the kids' plate. So I'm sort of like handcuffed into making good choices. <laughs> but at lunch, you know, I can go, I can be pretty. Decadent left to my own devices. So dry lunch anyway lets me arrive at lunch n- non famished and able to make better choices, make better choices.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I admire that. Um I, I would do well to do that, actually, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, because what you're talking about, that's the uh, the the sibling to shopping hungry. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I didn't really know what a disaster that could be until after I'd moved L.A. and gone to work for Bicycle Guide and, you know, started showing up for every four hour training ride I could find on the weekend days. Yeah. And got home from one, discovered the fridge was empty, uh went to the store and spent $150. And I was single. Yeah. <laughs> well and it was 1997. <laughs> you you, know?
1: you also shop at Trader Joe's. Um mm. and Trader Joe's has made its whole thing on impulse they have those maple cream cookies. They have whatever your vice is. They have an answer for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, this is very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So
1: I have, I have, and I'm actually going to talk about this when we get to pasteline picks, but I have a couple of, uh, habits that I've developed that, that around diet and hydration that, that keep me, Uh, reasonable because I definitely in in a lot of instances and a lot of scenarios I have a safety third approach to diet as well like if I'm out with my boys Mm -hmm. we did something fun we're going to eat a lot of ice cream or we're going to we're going to go for it like we I don't I don't mess around when I decide (laughs) to mess around I'm paraphrasing one of Stievel's uh uh wisdoms but uh yeah i my 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 real feelings about food is that i love it i love salty things i love sweet things i love save i love uh, all the weird flavors i love intense flavors and i'm gonna eat when i'm hungry i'm real i'm gonna go for it
0: well i say let's just go ahead and pivot into paceline picks since you're halfway down that road already oh sure Sure, sure. So this week I am picking
1: noon hydration tabs, which is which don't have many calories in them. They don't. They don't. It's a weird one, but the truth is, I use these things every day. I put I put the sport version in my bottles when I ride uh, uh-huh. or when I run. And look, there's there's other, there's really good stuff on the market, right? Like I've I've ridden with the Hammer stuff. I've ridden with the Scratch stuff. It's there are probably better products than the noon I I, I don't know I don't I, this isn't science this isn't a science choice <laughs> for me this is it's easy you know you get the little tube of them and you drop a, t- a thing in yep. so I, I put the sport version of my bottles when I ride or when I run but also I use the vitamin or the immunity ones I, I find that those oh immunity really <laughs> uh, oh it's strawberry flavored immunity I don't buy that but it doesn't matter um I drop them in a 32-ounce Nalgene bottle uh, uh-huh. every day. And I drink I drink one, maybe two of those a day, just as a matter of course. Um, speaking of Stevel, just a second ago, I was talking with him last week about hydration. He is an we avid hydrator.
0: We should back up. And for listeners who don't know who it is you're talking about, because I expect there might be at least one or two of those. Oh, yeah. Steve Stievel Knievel, a uh,
1: uh, proprietor of All Hail the Black Market and frequent contributor to the Cycling Independent. He does the answers in a bottle column for us. Uh, he's a he's a um, cyclist, a uh, um, man about town. Instigator. An instigator, a perpetrator. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And an hydrator, as it turns out. Um so we're discussing our hydration strategies and without getting into the science of it, we again we agreed that hydration is kind of mood effective, right? Like the days that I um hydrate consciously, like when I drink 32 to 64 ounces of of uh hopped up water, um I'm generally sharper, better in a better mood. Um, it's all of that stuff. My body feels better. Um, part of that might be a reasonable dilution of the 32 ounces of coffee I also consume daily. Um, mm. Steve also told me that for nutritional purposes, coffee is considered a smoothie, a fruit drink.
0: Ah. Uh. I could see how he might get there.
1: Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
0: beans. Beans. They're not beans. Coffee's a fruit, isn't it? Uh, uh, I thought it was a bean, which would make it more vegetably. Or legume. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, no to science his No getting harmed in this conversation. <laughs> you know, if you're putting cream or half and half or, you know, even just milk in your coffee, there's your protein source. So, I mean, you do have a certain smoothie sort of element going there. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I'm consuming a lot of fluids. Noon is just one of the brands out there. Like I said, it's readily available. I like the flavors. It's basically a buck a pop, uh, and I'm good with that. It, It beats plain old water. I love plain old water. Plain old water is really excellent, but all day, every day gets gets a little much uh for me um so when i don't have any when i don't have any uh noon around i make this thing i call the elixir of life so Mm. so the elixir of life is an adjunct to dry lunch and the elixir of life is uh again you take that 32 ounce bottle and you drop like a lemon ginger tea bag in it or like a quarter slice of lemon you squeeze in there you fill it Mm -hmm. with water and then you sprinkle in ample quantities of turmeric and cayenne what yeah
0: you drink cayenne pepper yeah it's great we we need to work on your working definition of great (laughs)
1: Don't knock it till you try it. So it's the lemon and the cayenne, and it sort of like, it's, it has a complex. It ends up with a complex flavor profile. The turmeric oh, gives I you a little. I believe spin. you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's very stimulating. It's like you know, if you're not going to drink coffee, you drink something with cayenne
0: pepper in it, and it is stimulating. Well, I mean, pure adrenaline is stimulating. <laughs> I, I don't want to go there either. <laughs> I'm telling you, this
1: is, it's, uh, it's good and good for you, but stick to the noon. If you don't like the feeling of your face burning and tingling all day, I happen to like that. That's what I'm talking about. I I mean, I like that.
0: If you go in for that sort of thing, that isn't that what we're supposed to stick in there? If you go in for that? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you go in for that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, um, Who knows? You know, I should probably not say anything too loudly because I have been known to sometimes about face on my about faces.
1: You you I believe I could be wrong cuz the video it's not in camera right now but I think that you're drinking a Mountain Dew right now. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I don't yep. I th- don't think you can be actively doing the dew <laughs> and then and then you know wrinkling your nose at my elixir of life. I don't think I don't know if that's I still love you. Uh, don't well, get me wrong. I mean, I did say that I was a rule breaker. Yeah. A heartbreaker, a dream taker. (laughs) Don't bring Pat Benatar into this, you savage.
0: (sighs) All right. You know, I mean, yeah, we, you know, rock and roll lyrics had to pop in at some point. I guess. Uh, Oh, forgetting for a moment that we've already touched on Metallica. Yeah. (gasps) Moving right along, there's a whole record about the Elixir of
1: Life. It's called Ride the Lightning.
0: <laughs> All right. Before this goes uh too f-
1: Completely much off, off the rails. The road. Yeah. Yeah. What's your so, pick for the week?
0: I've installed three different sets of tubeless tires in the last month. Oh. And have been using Pan Eraser's Seal Smart as the sealant for the simple reason that it has become my hands-down favorite. <laughs> It's been in removing worn tires that I've learned most about this particular (laughs) sealant. (laughs) You know, so there are those sealants that attack the side, uh, attack the tire and eventually begin weeping through the sidewall. Okay, Mm. Uh, and then there are those that pull up at the bottom of the tire when the bike is at rest and then dry up there and unbalance the wheels, you know, so they kind of woo, 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 oh, woo, yeah. as you're rolling along. Yeah. Not to mention um,
1: that giant wad of tire snot.
0: Right. Yeah. Those crazy little clumps of sealant yeah. uh, that will sometimes if you're going slow, rattle around inside the tire. Yeah. That's gross. always good fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So on the two occasions when the Pan Racer Seal Smart sealant has actually dried up inside a tire because it's been in there so long. What I have found rather miraculously, I thought at the time, uh, though I've come to expect it now, is a thin but even coating that never fully dries out. Yeah, it's reasonably viscous, but I suspect even in that state, it probably offers some amount of sealant value. Hmm. Um, The latex is hypoallergenic, so it's not rough or irritating on skin. Um, mm. Should you get some on you? And I've certainly had some get on my calves and hands from various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, the the sealant itself in there is crushed walnut shells. What? Yeah.
1: I, I just know, assumed I'm, it was all made in a chemistry lab somewhere and that uh, right? my grandchildren were likely to be born with three arms. That's what I assumed.
0: Yeah, that seems perfectly reasonable. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm less amazed at the fact that it's a natural product than somebody said, wait, wait, I've got it. Let's crush some walnut shells and give that a try. Who was the particular mastermind behind that move? Yeah. I want to meet that guy. Yeah. And, And like buy him a beer or two or three. And, you know, just I want to see what other ideas he's coming up with. That feels like a, one of those
1: million monkeys ideas. Like, you know, if you put a million monkeys at that uh-huh. typewriters, one of them's going to write a Shakespearean play.
0: Yeah. Well, Seem- I mean, you've seen some of the other stuff on WordPress, so I think that's not actually true. <laughs> You're just reading the wrong monkeys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I always focused on the ones that were throwing their poo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like the ones in the bow ties that are little bartenders.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Um okay, so uh the <laughs> yeah, seal smart. More. <laughs> <laughs> the seal smart comes in three sizes. There's the little single serve four-ounce bottle that mm. goes for six ninety-nine, a seventeen-ounce uh bottle that goes for nineteen ninety-nine. Um, and then a 34-ounce container that's thirty five ninety nine. I only go with the 34-ounce <laughs>
1: See, that's funny, because I would buy the 17 because it's a prime number. And I just think things...
0: Mm, mm, I love prime, yeah. Yeah, we're not
1: exploiting prime numbers. Prime numbers probably uh, fight flats better than... Not that you're putting all 17 ounces in one wheel. I'm making no sense, but I really... I like that it's four...
0: 34 and 17 in the middle they really they just i guess it's 17 is 500 milliliters and 34 is a thousand milliliters and They, they are a japanese company i keep
1: telling people my friends that i'm gonna that i'm going metric and i haven't put enough time into it you know one of the um side hustles not really. That I do is trail running and all of the trail running distances sound better metric. Yes. 500 yes. 500 milliliters is a legit, you know. That I sounds just, like a lot of tires. Yeah, yeah. It does sound like that. You were you grew up, uh I mean you're only just a couple years older than I am and I, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up being told, you know, the we're, we're the switch is coming. The switch is coming. Metric. Yeah. Yeah, and it was almost like the 80s passed and they were like nah. No. Nah.
0: Yeah. Well, there was the, you know, on ABC, the you know, the conjunction junction and all of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Those those little songs. They had one all about the metric system. Really? Yeah. They I were doing stuff YouTube, like, you know, we're going to be switching to this. Right. You know. And then there was the on Saturday mornings in between the cartoons there was also on CBS the In the News. And yeah. they I remember them talking about the metric system and how like we're going to have to get all new rulers. Oh. I was like that's going to be expensive.
1: <laughs> I guess I, I never
0: projected the costs on it. <laughs> I was a different sort of kid. Well, I just um, you
1: know the thing is they put a whole, they wrote all the textbooks, right? Like it was there, yeah. it was part of the curriculum and then mm-hmm. nah.
0: I nah. still can't think in centigrade. I still, I mean, for as often as I look at that, I can't think in centigrade. I'm closer. So my family
1: are mostly in Wales and Mm -hmm. we, so when we talk, they're always telling me, giving me centigrade, giving me Celsius numbers. So I'm closer on that. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm pretty good kilometers to miles. I'm pretty good with a lot of that stuff, but, um. I wouldn't have told you. Would never in a million years have told you that seventeen ounces was five hundred milliliters.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, maybe the biggest question here is why I remember that. Um, because ah, you're an amazing person. Let's go with that. All right. Uh yeah. I, I I have I really have no reason to argue with you on that. Yeah. Um, it, it is in my interest. So this sealant,
1: (laughs) I'm I I feel like we've detoured again from the sealant, and I'm very interested in crushed walnut uh, shell sealant. And the other thing that sticks out for me is a four ounce bottle is seven bucks. Seven bucks is like retail on a tube, yeah. um, And that feels like a really good deal.
0: I you know I'm never going out and buying those little bottles.
1: Yeah, I'm it, thinking of it in purely economic terms because I think sometimes yeah. in my head, you know, a tubeless setup, and I love I'm I run tubeless. Um but it's like expensive. Which mm-hmm. is stupid. It's not of course it's not expensive. Um, no, when you start uh popping tubes and then throwing them away.
0: Uh, yeah. I used to have tube patching parties uh yeah. years ago where I would grab all my punctured tubes, and mm-hmm. I'd sit down in front of the t v with three or four patch kits and put on a movie on h b o yeah because I used to have h b o yeah, and I would <laughs> patch tubes and watch you know some Nicholas Cage movie or something. I would do something similar one day a year,
1: patch mm-hmm. patch all my tubes, but I mm-hmm. would do it alone in the garage with very loud music like this um, record that got made about patching tubes called Ride the Lightning.
0: Oh. Huh. (laughs) Yeah. That's what that record's about. I need to look at those liner notes more closely. Yeah. I've really missed out. Check the lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well now that we've come full circle, I think we should say that's a wrap on another episode of the Pace Line. Yep. <laughs> uh, yes, please. You have anything you have anything good planned this weekend aside from listening to Metallica? Um uh well I'm I'm driving up to New Hampshire this weekend to drop
1: one of my kids at camp, so I'll be taking a bike uh shredding some of the the gnar that they keep there in New Hampshire. Is my Mm. is my plan maybe sleeping in my car? Mm. Yeah, Yeah. my back will probably recover from that eventually, but it'll be great. What about you? What do you got?
0: (laughs) Um, I'm still working through it right now, but there's a chance that Saturday morning I might get up early and drive up to Fort Bragg and go play in Jackson Demo Forest for the day. Yeah, I am. I am strongly considering that. That sounds Um, like
1: a solid plan.
0: Yeah. You know, I've never ridden. uh, I've never ridden. Well, uh, I've never just taken off on my own in Jackson and just ridden whatever I have I have have encountered. There's always been some other uh, agenda at stake. Yeah.
1: So I think you should. It might be time. You should gramble that thing.
0: Oh, Well, (laughs) it's a mountain
1: bike situation. I'm with you, but the basic idea
0: holds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see your point. Yeah. Alrighty, everybody. Uh, Keep those questions coming. You all send us great stuff. Uh, If you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.